Produced by Podcast Architects. Welcome to Cardona's Corner. I'm your guest host today, Dr. Rick Fernandez, and I'm here with none other than the superintendent from San Marcos Consolidated Independent School District, Dr. Michael Cardona, and we have a special guest, the director for the Texas School Safety Center right across the way at Texas State University, Dr. Correct? Yes, sir. Kathy Martinez Prather. So, Welcome. Is it is it exciting time? First day of school, first week of school. Y'all, exciting. Y'all look to be busy. The anxiety's kicking up. It's exciting. Yours or the kids or the parents? I think everybody's. You think so? I think yeah. We're all excited, a little anxious, excited, happy, ready to get back to normalcy. Yeah. Well, in terms of school safety, let's just jump right into that piece. Um, a lot gone on in the last six months and some unfortunate things. Um, we're always trying to, to figure out what do we do in the best interest of kids and first and foremost is safety and security. Um, so as we start the school year, uh, Dr. Cardone, I'm gonna start with you. What are some of the things that you and the team have been doing over the summer to prepare and, and ensure parents are, are very aware of all the protocols, but also they, they know that their kids are gonna be safe this year? Yeah, thanks Rick for that question, I appreciate it. Um, there's a lot that goes on. Uh, I think we tend to think of safety in terms of, you know, what you see on the outside as far as, you know, having a police presence. Um, but for us, it's a multi-tier system of support around safety and mental health. Uh, so while we're going to talk about school safety in, in general, I am going to mention, you know, mental health is a big sure. component of that. And we have communities and schools in a majority of our schools right now, uh, we're ramping that up. As you know, um, all of our secondary schools have social emotional counselors. Uh, we've been pretty purposeful in making mental health supports for not only students, but staff. Right. Uh, priority number one uh, in getting help. For our employees, that looks like uh, free employee assistance um, is something we're offering this year. From the student perspective, what parents typically don't see you know, they see the police officers out front, but they don't see our maintenance, our child nutrition, our bus drivers, um, teachers, uh, assistant principals and principals going through a continuous cycle of improvement around safety. Uh, we have a phenomenal partnership, not only with Texas State School Safety Center, uh, but with the Hayes County. Uh, we're one of the districts in the state that does a standard response protocol. So in any school system, whether it's here, Dripping Springs, Wimberley uh, or Hayes CISD, um, it's going to be the same response to an event and it's going to involve multiple first responders coming uh, to the site. Uh, there's no, uh, there's not a lack of clarity around who's sure. in charge if something happens. Uh, we have a reunification process. All this happens. Um, our school resource officers um, are trained extensively in dealing with juveniles, mm -hmm. which I think is a very important distinction that parents need to understand. Uh, we want a school officer resource program. We want those officers in our building because they have more training around uh, the juveniles and trying to keep kids uh, away from the juvenile right. justice system. If we didn't have SROs, I would say, you know, we're calling 911 and we're getting a line officer who right. doesn't have that kind of training. 
And so for us, it's um, really important to have a, a really good relationship with San Marcos Police Department. Not a lot of parents know that um, the chief is, we meet monthly, his team and, and our team meet. Uh, they're on our district safety committee. Uh, they meet with us. They analyze our practices. They do sure. walks with our maintenance and our director of health and safety, uh, Mr. Wozniak. Uh, all these things are happening. So it's, I think it reassures uh, our community that, that we are at the forefront. Can we always get better? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I sure. think we can always get better. Um, some of our facilities are are a little older, but I think we're far more ahead of the curve. If sure. There's a curve around school. Well, it day. sounds like you guys have a, a true partnership, right? So you're using your all of your community members that have a stake in keeping kids safe and, and figuring out what's the best response. Um, I'm going to kick this one over to Kathy for the state perspective. So. In terms of the state, what are the requirements that schools need to be cognizant of for this year? Sure. So the landscape of, of school safety has significantly evolved over the last two decades. And um, we've seen a lot of best practices put into policy. Um, and we saw that shortly after the Santa Fe High School shooting. And um, the tragedy of Uvalde um, has um, really sparked um, a lot of statewide requirements for school districts this summer, making sure um, that school districts are doing everything they can in preparation for the start of the new school year. And some of those things involve um, the District Safety and Security Committee, mm -hmm. which is required in law, to come together this summer to meet to review their multi-hazard emergency operations plans, identify deficiencies, and develop a corrective action to address those. We're also charging all of the behavioral school threat assessment teams to come together this summer, ensure that all of those members are trained to implement the threat assessment process with fidelity, and also review policies and procedures to ensure effective implementation into the new school year. School districts are also required to do a certain amount of drills sure. um, through with a certain cadence each school year. So school districts are being charged this summer to get those drills scheduled for the school year. Also, we're requiring school districts to ensure that every school staff member, including substitute teachers, which are a critical part of all this, are trained in what those emergency protocols are going to be. School districts are also being charged to conduct exterior door sweeps of all of their facilities to ensure that doors lock, latch properly um, because that is uh, moving forward. We know that a locked door creates a time barrier and is significant in, in saving lives. So how do you guys at the at the state level and specifically with Texas State work with the surrounding school districts in the area? How do y'all partner? Because I know y'all have a great relationship and, and there's a, a lot of outreach and support coming from Texas State and specifically from, from your team over there. So Give us a little bit of insight of how you're working with the local districts. Sure. Well, the Texas School Safety Center, just a little bit of background, was actually created in 1999, shortly after the Columbine school shooting. And I reference that because it sort of gives you an idea of where the state was at and really needing to, uh, they recognized there was an importance to have um, a location, a central clearinghouse, if you will, that school districts could go to, um, to address what has become an extremely complex issue over the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so the Texas School Safety Center is actually charged in the Texas Education Code to serve as the central clearinghouse for school safety to provide training, technical assistance, and research um, in the space of school safety. And so our role in all of this is to support school districts in the work that they have to do in implementing um, school safety initiatives to enhance the safety posture of their districts. 
So what's out there that's new? Uh, I know a lot of school districts are doing different things. Some of them are apps. Some of them are, are different drills or different resources. What's out there now for parents to utilize for their kids and to reassure them of the practices and protocols of San Marcos? Well, for San Marcos, I think it's important for our parents to understand, um, to download the San Marcos CISD app. Um, on that app, we have a reporting system that, that a parent who um, speaks multiple languages can utilize, uh, can be anonymous or not, not or, or put their name. Um, and that gets routed um, into the system um, through our director of, of safety, Mr. Wozniak, and then it goes to the appropriate uh, people within the organization so that we can follow up. And I, and I say that to say that if we don't know using our systems, um, using our website, um, it's hard for us to react. Social media, Facebook is not you know, the mechanism. Right. We have a mechanism and it triggers certain responses. And, you know, I say that to say we have, had, we have had incidents where we have intervened because a parent did utilize the system. We were able to follow up, the police was involved, we were able to do a health check sure. uh, on the student. The student never made it onto campus. The administration worked with the parent to stabilize the student in some mental health supports. Uh, and that's, what, that's the way we want the system to work. Um, but it doesn't work if we don't use it. Right. Um, the state has some wonderful resources. Uh, those are also on our website. There's some hotline numbers. The state, after Santa Fe, created some hotlines that the parents can. All of those things get referred uh, to our director of school safety, and then it, it triggers certain events. Uh, and so we ask, you know, at least our, our community here in San Marcos, use those systems. Do not, again, use social media. That's just creates time barriers and and these things um in some cases we can intervene really pretty quickly right uh with our partnership with san marcus pd and a lot of people don't understand that san marcus pd has a mental health officer they have a unit so um they work uh together one thing i can talk about you know if if something happens in the community and san marcus pd is involved um, they may not tell us as a school system what exactly happened, but they do give us an alert. They do send uh, a notification to our director of health uh, and safety. They send an alert to me simply saying handle with care. So we know as a system when that student walks in the building that our counselors can get a hold of that student and stabilize anything that happened outside of the system so that they can be successful inside of the system. That makes a lot of sense. and. I would think as a parent, and I've got three of my own in SciFair, um, we're looking to see how they're responding and what, what, or what's being put in place to give us a little bit of comfort as our kids go back to school. Uh, Kathy, you mentioned that the Texas School Safety Center has some resources for parents as well. Can you explain a little bit about what that is? Absolutely. Well, we always say that school safety, it's a shared responsibility. And so that involves parents. They're a critical stakeholder on all of this and are a very powerful voice in being change agents within their communities and their schools. So the Texas School Safety Center has developed a parent uh, toolkit, which is sort of a guide to school safety, which sort of lays out the landscape mm -hmm. of school safety policy. So they have knowledge of what school districts are required to do when it comes to um, ensuring their oh, uh, implementing good. school safety initiatives. And what are the questions um, that they should be asking and what are the type of answers 
answers they should be getting. Um, and I think that that's important because there is a lot of anxiety out there right now at the start of the school year, and, and parents rightfully so. I'm a parent as well. Um, we want to make sure that, you know, we're sending our children to school and they're coming home safely and, and, and they're being taken care of. And so um, I think it's really important that we engage our parents and our larger community um, in this process because this is um, a shared responsibility that we all have. So I have to ask, how did you get started with Texas State? Were you like, all right, that's me. I want to I want to make sure all the schools are safe. Or I'm just curious, how did you get get started in the role, and and how long have you been doing it? I should have got that question out first, but it's just it's a very uh, challenging time. So I'm just curious as as how you got started. Sure. So I started working with the Texas School Safety Center, which seems ages ago, 2007. Okay. And I started as a graduate research assistant there, um, and was not aware that this center had ever existed, um, but really became um, immersed in the work that we were doing, um, really believed in our mission, which was to create safe and secure, um, healthy environments uh, uh, across our Texas schools. And I think that that is an important mission because you know, school safety is so multidisciplinary. And the things that we're talking about now, we weren't talking about 20 years ago, especially when it comes to mental health. Um, and, and so it's really important that we, we understand everything that's involved with this, this particular field. But for me, it, it really, I remember um, being in high school when Columbine happened. Mm -hmm. and, and I remember that sort of changing the whole landscape of what it meant to, to be a student in school. And, um, and so I think that, you know, it is so critical that we continue to make school safety a part of the educational agenda. Because when that's the infrastructure, that's the foundation for everything else to fall into place. And when our students um, feel safe and secure, they're going to excel academically, they're going to come to school. And so I think that it's really important that we, we continue um, to send that message and that our attention um, to, this, to this serious issue um, is something that is felt every single day and not, not following a, a tragic event. Very good. What do we need more of? I'm kicking it to you, Dr. Cardone. What do, what do we need more of? If you were going to have a, a wish list for the state or the country or the the governor, well, don't worry, we can edit it. If get, but what's no, the? No, I'm pretty vocal <laughs> about mine. Yeah, no. yeah, I've heard. It's okay, it's all right. What, what do we need more of? Um, well, actually, Dr. Prather and I have talked about this a little <laughs> bit. We've talked about this a little bit. I think it's uh, policy that's adaptive. Um, that's not you know, a lot of our policies behind the times is reactionary we need proactive policy uh, we need policy that just doesn't address school safety but addresses mental health like we're a system it is a system we're tied together right um, these there's a profile for these school shooters mm -hmm. uh, and mental health is a big uh, a component of that um, I think that if we are going to I don't know if this is you know kosher well, if we're gonna call ourselves a Christian state right that's thrown that word's thrown around a lot um then i think the policy needs to reflect that i think the monetary the the fiscal management of that needs to follow that right it's it's easy to say lock all your doors right uh if you're in a large urban system where you have 70 buildings that are you know from 1920 to yeah. 2000 and I used you know to, I mean, yeah. the hardware is not the same and that's millions of dollars um, to fix that, to make that standard. 
Um, and it's easy to say, this is what you're going to do, but then not provide support. Um, and I think it requires, you know, us as educators to continuously put safety at the forefront. And Dr. Prather's right, Kathy's right. Like this didn't happen. You know, I remember being an assistant principal, uh, when Columbine happened and it changed the way we started doing business, you know, these active shooter drills started happening. Yeah. I was like, what in the world is happening here? But you know, you have to practice for the, these events we never want to happen. Um, that's just the way it is. You got to practice in math, got to practice in, in sports. Uh, you have to practice everything. And so I think it's made us a better system, but in some cases it requires us as educators to get out of our comfort zone because we, we take things uh, for granted or educators assume best intentions, um, which is great, but it has sometimes not allowed us to see signs of things that are happening. Uh, and then I think we as an education system have to continuously iterate our practice and put this into forefront, right? We have to, it just has to be a part of the conversation uh, in order to have our families feel like we're doing everything we can to protect their children. And that's, that's what everybody wants. Uh, I mean, I think everybody can agree that safe school is the best school that we could all want. Um, Dr. Prather, from your perspective, if there's one thing schools should be regularly doing, what, what's that highest priority moving into the school year? You know, that's a great question, and I get asked that quite a bit. And my response is, there is no one thing. It is a multitude of right. things coming together that make for the most comprehensive, effective um, approach to school safety. Um, it's not just having law enforcement. It's certainly not just locking doors. But it's also making sure that we're doing everything that we can to be proactive about preventing um, these events from happening. And. Um, that's something that we, we could get better at um, in terms of um, having that situational awareness. And when something doesn't feel right, mm -hmm. speaking up and saying something. Right. We know that in the majority of these cases, someone knew something. Someone thought that this individual would sure. do something like that. And so I think we're at a critical juncture where we are at a point where we need to change hearts and minds and really get folks to understand that um, we may not be able to prevent these events 100% of the time, but we can get better at preventing them most of the time. Sure. Do you think it's a matter of not only changing mindsets, but changing routines? Because as a former high school principal, right, the routine every day, 530, walk in the building, checking with the, the, the PO, making sure everything is where it needs to go, um, making sure you're greeting kids at the door. Those type of things probably need to be tweaked as, as well. And, I, and I'll start with Dr. Prather, and I'll get your perspective as well. I think it's more about, um, and it's human nature, oftentimes convenience takes over safety and security. And we need to get to a point where every day we're vigilant about making sure that um, we are checking in on our students, seeing how they're doing, if we're seeing something off that we're, we're reporting it, um, all the way down to there's an unlocked exterior door, mm -hmm. we need to make sure that that's locked. So I think that um, we've seen it after many of these events, convenience kicks in, and we need to make sure that this stays at the top of the, the mind and hearts of everybody every single day. Yeah, I agree. I think um, some of our training switched this summer. Uh, we adapted this summer. Um, 
to put the signs. You know, we all have teams. Every campus has a team as required. Uh, but but I think we went beyond that, right? It's looking at the signs like it's, you know, we're working with our bus drivers next week. It's what do they see when kids get on the bus? Bus drivers see a lot. You know, when, you know, if, if they observe, you know, a parent or a family member berating a student getting on a bus, that's going to trigger something. Right. You know, that's going to trigger them to tell the assistant principal, you need to check on this kid. Um, and, and it's almost like a mental health support plan. We have an academic plan for every kid. We, we know where they want to be at the end of the year. We, we should be doing the same thing from a mental health perspective. Like we should be doing daily checks. Um, our schools are going to daily check-ins and that looks different at middle school than uh, it does at elementary. Um, we should also be doing that with our employees. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, we're doing a lot of training on self-efficacy and self-reflection. Uh, because that's a big proponent. If you don't feel well, you're going to miss signs, uh, and we don't want that happening. And so it's just putting the system, I guess, uh, on high alert to always be in a self-reflective mode and always be checking on where everybody is. And we say in San Marcos it's really important for us to understand the stories that families and kids come into the building with. Uh, that goes for us as an adults, and I think if we get in tune with each other around understanding those stories, then we can mitigate uh, some of these things. We can't, I can never promise it won't happen, Sure. but I can do everything in my power to make sure our people are supported to do what we can do to protect our kids. What are some of the things, because I know we start school and then we get into our routines, and as a parent, you get frustrated because it takes longer to check in, uh, you couldn't tell me all of the details because of this or that. Um, like, I'll screw up a car rider line like nobody's business, like going the wrong way. I'm walking across the crosswalk I'm not supposed to. So all of that stuff. So in terms of parents, when we start to get comfortable, we have to remember, like, what's, what's the messaging to parents? Like, hey, it may be a little longer to check in to see your kid at lunch, or it may be a little longer for, for a play or an athletic event. Is there any messaging we need to put out today to say, hey, just understand it's for the safety of the kids? Well, I, I think it's the patience factor. You know, we were given a lot of grace during COVID because sure. I think the system, everybody recognized we were in a new environment. And this kind of is a new environment. It's only recently 20 years old. And so I think our parents need to, and we, we also need to extend that grace to our families. And we need to just have more honest conversations. Um, I need to get into the faith-based community more. We're actually setting up a meeting with our faith-based, right? We all have our beliefs, but we have to talk about mental health. And, you know, in some religions, it's not a healthy thing to do. And right. that's something we, I have to take on as superintendent and at least make the attempt to say, okay, you have your beliefs, but this is what we need to do as a community. Um, and I think we, you know, most parents, if they understand the general plan, if we're transparent, if we're, if we communicate with them, use the images, and uh, they, they will adapt. Like the high school is notorious at the beginning of the year um, for safety traffic patterns. We have SMPD, out, but we're also putting a guard shack out there this year. And so we're altering the path and we're gonna require a one point of entry into that facility uh, for our parents, and yes, that's going to be very disruptive. You know, I'd rather be yelled at for trying to be too safe than not doing anything. 
and living with the guilt. Absolutely. Yeah, they're taking a, a butt chewing, so to speak, sometimes oh, because yeah. you're making it safer, but it's taking a little longer. Um, yeah, that's I've been on the receiving end of those butt chewings a little bit myself. Um, what's a call to action, Dr. Prather, for schools? Like as they're going through all of the requirements, uh, what do you need them to be doing at this point? As, as particularly with so many schools in the state of Texas, right? And, and doing the best we can to support those. What do they need to be doing now? So kind of as I've mentioned before, right now is a great opportunity for those district safety and security committee members, which also involve parents. Who would you, rec yeah, exactly. Who would you recommend or, or the, the, the construction of that committee? Who needs to be a part of the conversation? So the law actually explicitly states who needs to be on that committee. You know your laws way too well because you said it like three times. <laughs> and the reason for that, I think, is is it's important um, because we want to make sure that the right people are at the table having these conversations. Sure. And as I've mentioned before, parents are a critical stakeholder in this. And that's why that they, they are required to be on that team. But you've got district-level leadership, um, um, outside leadership. Um, uh, um, to Yes, exactly, to, to be on these teams. And the, the point of that is, is you're having all of these folks who have different roles to play in the school safety um, arena coming together to um, make decisions, um, make corrective action, um, and identify uh, deficiencies and address those gaps. And so, as Dr. Cardona mentioned, you know, it is really important. There's always room for improvement. And I think what I'm hearing here and what, what we want to see a lot more is that collaboration. Mm -hmm. People need to be talking. Sure. You need to work with your local law enforcement. It's not just siloed to the school district. This is a community right. involvement. The, the ideal situation would be not only the, the school district, but your county, your city, your university, everyone with an understanding of how things move should something happen and all of the things we're doing to mitigate Absolutely. Risk. Those collaborations and those partnerships make for an even more effective school safety sure. environment. Absolutely. I'm going to ask the good doctor over here, what did you do on your summer vacation? Did you get a summer vacation? I am actually leaving for Charleston tomorrow with my husband and some great friends, and we're just going to go away for the weekend and eat some good food, see some good sights. It's a short trip, and then back to the grind on Monday. Charleston, South Carolina. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Very nice. So there's, I mean, you have the, the river right here. I mean, I'm sure he knows all the good spots to float. What, what about you? I know you were on the river, weren't you? I am on the river quite a bit. Do you see your kids on the river? I do. I do see them in San Marcos. But not during. They actually are kind enough not to film me when I'm falling off my paddleboard. Oh, I was about. To, it's, it's you don't <laughs> they see. Make, them. No, they do make fun of me. They're like, "Sir, oh. you did a complete flip off that paddleboard." But they're also supportive. Like, get back up, sir. Do you, do you have a, an embarrassing moment that you'd like to share? Uh, no, from I a literally student? flipped off the paddleboard. And a student <laughs> saw you? And Lions Club, right there at the Lions Club area. And your parents and students. And they're like, hey, you're making an attempt, sir, at least. And you have a really nice Rattler purple paddleboard. I, I, I was climbing the fence because I left my keys at North Forest High School, by the way. Um, Somehow the fence was extra tall, I guess, and so I jumped over to try to swing my foot over, and my shoe and, and pant leg got caught, right? And so the the guys were coming, the kids were coming in to the field house, and I'm just sitting there stranded upside down, and they ran over there and they just were shaking their head. And they're like, Doc, what what are you doing? I'm like, What does it look like I'm doing? Please get me down. So they unhooked me and I just went. We all first. had those moments when I was at S.J. Davis in San Antonio on the east side. 
I saw a, a scuffle break out on the outside <laughs> playground and I was coming from the gym and I was running and for some reason I forgot that there were six stairs because oh, no. I was looking at, at the kids and man, I just completely went off all six flights and my ankle looked like it shattered and it broke it broke the fight up. I will say oh, the sure. kids all stopped and said, Oh my God, Mr. he's dead. <laughs> like laying on the ground. So I get the nerves. What's ironic is the fighters actually helped carry me back yes. to the clinic. And I was like, you know y'all are getting suspended for this still, right? You shouldn't be fighting at school. But, you know, at the same time they took they had enough sense to to stop and care for another individual. So they just got ISS and tell me that was on the security cam. Home. It wasn't on the security cam, so the story became that I was playing basketball oh. against the kids, and I went up for a dunk, and yeah. I landed wrong. Yes. And if you've seen me play basketball, you know that that's yeah. completely not plausible. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking most forward to start of school? Um, I love seeing all of the back-to-school pictures on social media. Yeah. That is one of my favorite pieces. Um, the smiling faces, the kids in their fresh new clothes and fresh new supplies, and just happy parents ready to send their kids back to school. Oh, I could not. <laughs> I'm ready to see three three that I know out the door. It's my happiest. Do moment. you have the signs ready? Oh yeah, we do it every year in front of the garage. <laughs> they have their signs. Um, now, are you a wear your best stuff the first day? or wait till the, the second week before you start breaking out the new gear? No, wear it all that first week. I was too. What about you? Well, I have a stepdaughter who just, she marches to the beat of her own drum. <laughs> so there's a good chance she'll violate dress code in some form or fashion in a cute way. She's always dressed nice. but um, And then I have a, a, a kid down in, in San Antonio, and I know what he'll wear. He's always in a soccer jersey, and he's – not going to change this routine. What about what about when you were middle school? I, kind of, I think I middle went to school. Catholic school. So it was a uniform. So I wore a uniform. <laughs> it didn't change. Actually, if you're a convocation and you see my presentation, you'll see my kindergarten uniform picture in a, in a military uniform. What what was it? What was the describe it for us? Give us. It was an actual khaki dress with a maroon tie, Mount Sacred Heart. Yeah, San Antonio, Texas. That's, That's why dress code for me is not a big deal. I'm like, dude, I've been in dress code since I was in kindergarten, <laughs> like literally. Now it's wrong. My tie's all crooked, but I am in a shirt and tie with medals and buttons, like smiling like a little <laughs> kindergarten. Y'all just played PE in those uniforms. We right? marched. No, we marched into school. We played on the playground. They called us to our classroom. We marched into the building. We had, yeah, Man. it was like a review every day. Wow. Yeah. So you no know, dodgeball? Y'all can't go outside and play the... No. Well, I, got, I did get in trouble one time because I was on the slide. One time? First of all, let's start there with that. With that well, that's a different story. <laughs> I would say that I was a behavioral leader in school. If you understand. Behavior that. incident behavioral, leader? Behavioral leader. <laughs> okay. I just want to see where this is going. I was the 5% that <laughs> Dr. Prather worries about in her research. I could have gone either way. I was that, that group of students. Oh, okay. You know, the one if you, I'm not the rule follower. I really? Don't, I don't fit that. You march to the beat of your own drum. This is like, it's all the shock on, on my face. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Rule follower. He was a rule follower. Andrew right there. He was a rule. He only had two referrals all, all his career. Yeah. I was the 12 plus. 
Man, I got pops in fourth grade. I'll never forget that. And then many times after that, but I don't We know. don't do that anymore. It worked for us, but kids aren't phased anymore. You can't paddle kids. They're not afraid of anything. They, they, I think you get more out of relationships. And so That's true. If you can get to their heart and that they can trust you, I think you can get even the kid that has the most negative energy to do what you need them to do. If we go to karaoke, if us three go to karaoke, what song are you choosing? Selena's Bitty Bitty Bum Bum. Really? That was right <laughs> off the cut. So you've done that before. There's no doubt. Okay. Okay. I'll do The Chair by George Strait. Uh, well, excuse me. No. <laughs> but I think. You got one? Come on. What, what, what uh, are you choosing? The Chair. The Chair George by George Strait. Strait. It's a good song. Yeah. 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 Or Ray Price's for the good times. Yeah? Yeah. Very good. It's old school. It's old school. If you had to watch one movie for 24 hours straight, what would it be? The Princess Bride. That's one of my favorites. Princess Bride. Man, I don't know if I could watch anything, but if I could, Dumb and Dumber. Field of Dreams. <laughs> Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Yeah, the, yeah, that's a good one. The part where he says, "Dad, will you play catch with me?" Because my dad never played catch with me, so that like that like, uh, and I was like, "Oh." Yeah, I was trying to keep it light and took <laughs> yeah, it there, yeah, and I just yeah. yeah I like fairy tales. I do like I Shrek. I like Shrek. Get some good SpongeBob comedy. I like good. Yeah, that's my four-year-old's trying to watch SpongeBob. I'm like, no, that's not. As I've watched SpongeBob older now, I'm like, wow, this is so really inappropriate for children. Yeah, it's all adult humor. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's really inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, but very well written. <laughs> Tell all of the prospective families why San Marcos Consolidated Independent School District, other than you, of course. Well, I think what you would find in San Marcos is uh, a group of teachers and administrators. I mean, there's the scores, and I have my own thing about the scores. You know, uh, when you deal with a district that's high poverty, um, there are challenges with that. But I think at the end of the day, if you want your child to um, be recognized for their own individuality and for you as a parent to know that you will work with the system to help your child go through their journey mm -hmm. and for not to have some adult say like, Kathy, you're going to do this. You're going to go, you know, it's not our place to do that. I think this is the place you're, you're going to be able to find um, a school system where we take a team approach. We're all in, we strike as one. Um, we also like to say we rattler up. Uh, in really understanding the kids, um, what they want, and then helping them get through uh, the system. And I fundamentally believe, I don't care whether you go career, military, or college, I mean, it's our job to support you uh, in whatever you want to do and just ensure that you're a contri contributing member to the community, uh, that you can advocate for yourself, that you feel comfortable advocating for yourself, um, and that you're going to be loved and challenged sure. uh, to, to do what you, you think you're not capable of doing as you find your passion. Very good. What about Texas State? Can I kick it to you, Dr. Prather, for why Texas State? And I, I want to call it Southwest Texas, but that just makes me old. So 
Well, Southwest isn't even geographically correct. <laughs> I will say that. Um, but I'm a Bobcat through and through. I've gotten all three of my degrees at Texas State, and I just think that this university in the last 20 years has grown significantly um, and truly values um, the diversity um, and embraces uh, our community. Um, and the, the, the diversity that our community brings. And one of the things that I love about Texas State is um, its commitment to research with relevance, research that um, has influence to the practitioners who are doing the work in the field. And I think that's important. Very important. And so, um, like I said, I'm a Bobcat through and through, go Bobcats, and Texas State is, is my second home. Very good. I wanna thank you for allowing me to be the guest host to the first edition of Cardona's Corner, for Cardona's Corner for now until you decide, eh, Correct. you know. How you a Rattler write. Roundup. A Rattler Roundup, I like Cardona's Corner better. And, and Dr. Prather, thank you for joining us and helping us understand um, the state's vision and how you guys are gonna support all the school districts. Very important stuff to know. And I look forward to seeing more from both of you. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. You're welcome. Produced by Podcast Architects.